that's uh... yes dude i feel like our openings are the best part of the podcast because we do them really poorly I think you need to stay that way too. Like that's I, part of I just, I feel like people when they tune in, they're like, "What the fuck is going on here? This is madness!" And then they listen for the rest of it because they're intrigued. It is kind of a trademark. Organized chaos. <laughs> Dude, well, I can't push. <laughs> I can't turn my books and lock off. Hang on. Are we gonna? Right. Are we gonna do the introductions now? Give me one second. I don't think we're alive. I'm pretty sure we're not. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't see it on Twitch. No, we're live. <laughs> All right. <Yes>, uh... <laughs> hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the second edition of Hard Chats. Uh, Hard Chats. Your weekly uh, IT shit posting, security, and other sort of technical nonsense. Okay. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. Alright, so, we got a full house tonight. We have quite a few guests, and a really big um, set of topics to go through. So, I guess we should get started. Let's um, let's go through our uh, the chat list. Everybody can read the chat list of who's in the voice right now. So, I guess we want to start from the top and just introduce ourselves real quick. What's up? My name's Decoded. Hey, this is not Pike. I'm Jen. Oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> hey, I'm Cal. MG. Morty. Uh, Morty. Not Dan. And Morty was just before me. I'm nuts. Faith. Uh, hello. Hey, it's you. It's a zeal Z. Yoniak. I feel like that. trying to find home. I feel like that went well. That went real well. I'm proud. <laughs> Great. Awesome. We almost said her name. The reason I hesitated was because I didn't notice that Kindergip was on mute. I was like, oh, fuck. It's my turn. <laughs> Oh, it happened. So we got a we got a big show tonight. We're gonna talk about OPSEC versus paranoia and the spaces between there. But let's get into some of our news stories. So do you guys have uh, the topics list? Hold up. Uh, it's in the podcast topics channel. <laughs> so the first one is the ransomware attack that hit Atlanta. Now I know a bunch of you people have Oh yeah. We're talking about that. Uh you guys have any um opinions <laughs> on it? Pat your shit. I think fifty thousand dollars is cheap. I thought it was I very cheap. I don't know the full details of it, but I think that backups are very critical and if they didn't have backups that's ridiculous. I don't how, what happened? So basically, they got hit by a variant of SamSam ransomware, and they got a demand on their systems to um, basically decrypt for $6,800 per system or $51,000 um, for all the systems. And so... That's a lot. Well, they have to give them an option. What's interesting is that, that, I mean, that seems like a really weird price point because if they were directly targeting a city, then I think that they would definitely ask for more. But this seems like something where it's like 
maybe some sort of organizational, just targeting organizations in general and trying to lowball them. But it just seems kind of weird that they would only ask for that little for all the systems that you'd obviously go for if you were, you know, in an organization as big as an entire city. Uh, to ask for just $50,000 seems like very small because I've seen ransomware attacks against, you know, municipal organizations and, and sections of towns that are, you know, they've asked for way more in, in the terms of ransomware. Um, so it just, it seems kind of weird. To me. Didn't they get hit like a year before with WannaCry or something like that? Oh, fuck. Sure. He did really well. That's amazing. Dude, that IT team needs to be fucking gone now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Horrible, dude. It like, sounds like I mean, it's like Dr. Evil from the past, like $1 million. <laughs> what's, what's funny is, is having worked for a town before and having worked in the sort of just bureaucratic red tape hell that everybody exists in in those sort of environments, there's a lot of people there who just have no idea how to use a computer. And they just click here when it says click here. And so... When there is, you know, that level of people mixing with people who do know a thing or two, it just gets really hairy. And it's hard to police that because people tend to want to, I mean, there's probably some like Windows Vista systems on there or something silly that somebody's like, oh, I want to keep my computer. Yeah, XP, you know, asking to keep those computers and everything. It's really difficult in those things. And a lot of the times the, they don't have the money to also update everything they need to. Same with hospitals. <laughs> Did you have any dedicated security people? Because I know that's a really big like thing in municipalities across the United States, at least, is there's well, no dedicated security people whatsoever. No, it's there, just... was, there was none. And actually, me being, I remember, I think I'd shared this before when I had, uh, I had to uh, basically quarantine and save a whole um, network that was the a, a contractor had had put Bitcoin mining malware on. And there was nobody to respond to that. There was not a single person who knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, our, all of our cities. So everybody listening, if you're not familiar, all of our cities don't have security teams for their, their networks. None. Well, forget about a security team. Just anyone that fucking does IT. Because, I mean, <laughs> what, what was the attack vector? How do we know how they were infected? Because this seems kind of ridiculous. If this is the second time, you figure by now they would have found some money in the budget to hire somebody fucking competent by now. Yeah. You know? I think there's some, someone posted on Twitter something about BNC being open on machines. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know uh, so in, in Braintree, uh, they got ransomware, the cops. Yeah, same in uh, Tewksbury, Massachusetts as well. So over here, um, the Postal Service did their internal security did a um, a ransomware awareness. So they were doing phishing awareness, right, where they were phishing their staff, as a lot of companies have, and the staff just started clicking on the links for lols. So instead, they moved up to uh, fake ransomware that basically just um, it, it hooked uh, the like the low-level hid input um, and never returned. So the chain never completes in Windows and just full screened itself, and then after 60 seconds exits and redirects them uh, to the, the information web page. And basically, like, they only got to do it one time because all the users just shit their pants. <laughs> so, like, they learned their lesson, but, like, they sort of, like, it was a bit too far, if you know. Nah, no such thing as too far. Do it. Uh, yeah, they should have used real ransomware. What are you talking about? <laughs> and how you fight. <laughs>
Yeah, I think it was a SMB one, right? Like it was, it was literally uh, the easiest fucking thing to own. And then, you uh, know, Kevin Beaumont or whatever, he uh, he tweeted about it, and I think it happened after he tweeted that it was open, which is kind of funny because you got to wonder was that the impetus for it or not? But it, it, I don't hold them responsible for it or anything. I'm just saying it was interesting to see. I, I saw a screenshot from him, and then the next day, like I, I wasn't on Twitter or anything. The next day, I saw in the news that they got fucking ransomware. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know what we're not thinking of here, though? Like, there's a lot of legacy shit that happens inside these places, like legacy software that you have to support and shit. So maybe Solomon One was enabled for a reason. You know, maybe yes. maybe it just sucks for that yeah. IT guy, but I mean, dude, I feel like there's more that you could have done. Why is it yeah. connected to public utilities? Down. People couldn't get their water turned on and stuff like this. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. They should have just paid the money. Yeah, ASAP pay the money. Yeah, exactly. Well, you just fucking take that hit because you didn't hire competent IT. That's what you fucking do. You fuck up bad when you do that. Yeah, they hire contractors as well. Is that the monetary delta? I don't know if like any anyone in our audience eventually will be like a CFO or something, but you fucking find money for good IT guy. Don't play around with that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. Yo, I think for Dakota's point, um, the the things that are critical infrastructure generally do have at least one person from security, hopefully, because they have to pass like federal regulations. But that's true. Uh, well, I mean, uh, terrifying. There's none there. <laughs> Shodan's found like you know plenty of open VNCs on industrial shit though. In like Germany, I think one was a hydroelectric station. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and, and there was there wasn't that many. How many hydroelectric stations in Germany are there? Like, so it was pretty easy to track down like a, a short list of which hydroelectric station this is. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, the grid's not something to fuck with. It, like cascades and you you end up with like 2003 blackout type stuff that's not cool <laughs> all right so do you guys want to talk about the next topic which is child abuse imagery found within bitcoin's blockchain i know that a couple people had talked about this last week and i kind of wanted to bring, bring it up because it's a weird kind of thing but does anybody have any um opinions on this or anything to say it, it's I fucking think... gold sacks uh, to, uh, to get control. So I partially agree with that, that dude. <laughs> I partially agree with that, man. I, so here's the thing, right? I'm somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, and I partially agree with what LLK just said because who who would have more motive than that? You know what it, I mean? It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. They they have motive. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in the blockchain. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at what else is in the blockchain as well, like in comparison. So obviously not as heinous shit as child abuse, but like uh, virus signature headers and uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that like people's, you know, people's wallets and or people's like blockchain data would be removed by the antivirus, like genius. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Wait, funny. what? Yeah. There's oh. like virus, there's virus signature headers and, and things like that. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, so it basically makes their computer quarantine their fucking wallets and shit. Dude, that is amazing. I've never heard of that yeah, before. Man. That's funny. Yeah, there's, uh, I think Kaminsky also put some, like, ASCII art, which is probably, like, just as ugly to look at as fucking child porn, I don't know. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is I've heard some points about where people 
they were postulating that this may also be a way to reduce the um, liability they might have if they are harboring that sort of stuff on their computers to begin with, because they can say, oh, well, I got it from the blockchain, and, like, what the hell are the police going to say about that? No, so my understanding of, like, the way that it's encoded in the blo in the blockchain is that it's not very... So there's instructions which are, like, not... It's not entirely true and complete, but there's enough instructions to recreate some things. So, like, you can't... It's not like you download the blockchain and then DD a chunk and you have a video. It's, like, yeah. it takes work to get out, so... But then again, it would also come down to the judge's understanding of, of computing, which is often, you know, as we've seen, not very good. Mm -hmm. But nothing's stopping someone from using Twitter to do the same thing. Right. I think what they're trying to do, too, man, it's going to sound like conspirators conspiratorial, but I think they're trying to make it so... <sighs> It's illegal to have anything to do with it, and somebody needs to control it. Yeah. We'll centralize it. We'll control it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not new though. This like uh, child abuse in the blockchain like is an. It's really old. Like it's um. Yeah. But it wasn't early in the chain. Like, actually, proven until very recently. We fucked up. Uh, what? It, it, I mean, it's not controllable though, right? Like if we really think about it, uh, just banning it is the only thing they can do in, in the countries that they're banning it in. I'm pretty sure it's still mildly successful, at least, right? I don't know. Do you guys have insight to, like, China and Russia and stuff where they're yeah, trying to do ban it? It's still really big in China. Yeah, I mean, companies like Bitmain and stuff, uh, you know, they're, they're just, that's all they're doing. The only thing, they're, the single thing they're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like a great idea for a startup that probably could get some VC funding immediately, which is scrub the blockchain of CP. So Cyber Blockchain Security Associates? Yes. CP uh, for short. CP Blockchain. Huh. Uh, cleared all out. <laughs> Chain and protection. Who would, who would step Isn't up the, like that? The whole, the whole point of the blockchain is that it's like immutable <clears throat> ledger forever that nobody can go and scrub and fix and change. So but, that child abuse imagery is there forever in theory. We're not going right. to bring that to the VCs. We're just going to pitch this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually have to work, but as long as people believe us, we will get money. Yeah, yeah. We just got to sell it. it. Really blockchain, it's what, it's what plants crave. <laughs> surely this would be equivalent to to like embedding uh links to illegal stuff in like dns or posting it on usenet or something <clears throat> would you be able to go and seize a root server because somebody was able to traverse something that's illegal through a dns lookup or right or even if you sent out that group Right, or even mass emails, you know, would you go to everyone's box? It was like fucking 50,000 people or some shit. Did you guys yeah, ever I use uh, the Waste uh, style darknet, the Waste like service? I don't, I've never used Waste, but like <clears throat> one of the I2P ones or something like that does, I think what you're going to say is like it, it hosts small pieces of everything, including bad shit on your machine. Yeah. Yeah, and you have no control or knowledge of what it is. Like, it's, it's, that's kind of like how I2P works, because you're constantly an exit node for like certain amounts of bits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that never took off for whatever reason. I mean, it was mad slow, but so was Tor back then. 
But uh, that one just never Dude, grew. Tor was I never so really bad. Liked, I, I never liked I2P for the fact that you are an exit node for a little while, and I could just see a lot of bad shit coming back on like an innocent person. Oh, you're an exit node for clear net on uh, I2P? I think it's distinguishable. Even if you're moving chunks around, stuff like that. I mean, if you have some resonance or you're storing some kind of data, once a person talks to you, they're going to be able to distinguish are you baiting to it or not baiting to it? <laughs> what kind of boils down to it, I think. Right. <laughs> or not baiting. Let's get into the uh, next topic. Oh, it's a segment. All right. Um, that was a nice segue. That was cool. So, um, I put this in the topics just because it's funny to me. Um, so there's more Android malware in a bunch of QR reader apps in the Play Store. And I just think it's interesting oh. because of just how many just shit apps there are on the Play Store itself. And the fact that they're targeting QR code readers, which is just like, how many people actually use them? But uh, You know what? I, I, I gotta be honest. When I see a QR code, I'm kind of like, I wonder what that does. I understand that in some other countries, like uh, I think in Japan, they're actually used. Um, I've used them like once here, but the the best use I've seen of it was on the bathroom door, uh, on the men's room door at a con, and it was like straight to a malicious Android link. Of course it is. Of course it is. We were doing that with the like Snapchat as well. Yeah, like boom, done, owned. Yeah, they still have to install it, though, so it's kind of like their fault. I mean, it's one thing to just see the link, but another to install it. Yeah, well, this one had 500,000 downloads, um, and it's just it's, it's just crazy because they were, they were able to um, bypass Play Protect and other Google, um, Google protection. Well, what was the purpose of the malware, though? Uh, it's just like your standard um, like adware, just like uh, screen overlays and click tracking shit, but I mean... Yeah. But I mean, which is also just, it's silly to me that this is a pretty ridiculous uh, attack vector and they just use it to just put ads, to put more ads on there. It just, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, makes mo- it makes money though, so yeah, that's definitely. why they're doing it. And it's, it's quasi-legal too, because, I mean, I don't know, you can put it in the terms of service or something and just fucking... To a point, I mean, the Federal Trade Commission does have limits on what you can and can't do with uh, stuff. <laughs> With, uh, from Russia, though. <laughs> yeah. So, what about um, like the? Has anybody tried making a QR code that contained the the iOS like uh, no width character bug? No. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So someone should someone on the stream watching it. None of us should make it and then stick it around. Oh, you guys are dicks. Commit crimes. <laughs> or don't. Sorry, I meant don't. Speaking of crimes and object, bro, we don't talk about crimes. Uh, it's awesome. Let's go to the uh, the next topic here, which is Spotify. They had two million author unauthorized users, and so they basically did a sweep of all of the devices that were connecting to Spotify, and they were basically figuring out who had modified versions of the uh, APK files for Spotify and we're getting premium service for free. And it turns out that it was 2 million users of Spotify who were doing this, who then flooded to Google looking for information on how to fix that. And so then shortly after that, all of the the searches mysteriously vanished. So they were like, something, somebody figured out something and it has still unbeknownst to Spotify as of today. Uh, but 
yeah, they went through, said, hey, we don't want anybody uh, pirating any of our services and kicked everybody off and made them delete their their uh, offending APKs. And then subsequently, everybody seems to have found an alternative to it. Wait, two million? No, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah so, million. I mean, I want to know, like, first of all, why is the Spotify premium client side? It's obviously server side somewhere. And were they just using shared credentials inside these APKs? Like, is that right? How There's it went not down? really any details on them, and I haven't seen any examples because I'm not going to download Spotify.apk from anywhere. But there is a <laughs> like if you take a look at the article that I posted in the topics, um, it goes through and kind of explains it, but it doesn't give any specifics about what the methodology was to connect to the Spotify API um, to get past all this stuff. But uh, I just thought it was an interesting instance of them trying to crack down on piracy and realizing that a large majority of their actual user base is just pirating their stuff. I wonder if that actually fucked with their metrics, like for sure. They're not public, are they? No, but, but. They, were, they were mentioning the, there was like, they said that they we previously included users in calculations of certain key performance indicators, such as MAUs for monthly active users, ad-supported users, content hours, etc. So they these people were all included in there. So taking out two million users is quite a large chunk of the user base. That's amazing. And yeah. To be fair, it wasn't like Spotify was making money anyway. Uh, I mean, so well, we are we in agreement though that it would have to be a server side check that you're premium. Like, there's no way this could be a client side bug, right? I mean, uh, well, I think we should find out and then drop the <laughs> drop the fucking explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud or think it? I'm sorry. I thought I think you thought that, so it's all right. Okay. All good. Uh, I have a feeling like some of it's probably the stolen accounts you see that they sell, because there's people who like just make a living selling those accounts. But two million? Uh, well, like, I can imagine two million people have some sort of like reverse engineering skill or know how to modify an APK on that level. Yeah, I'm curious if there's like a redistributed That's... Android app or something like that. You know, like kind of like those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Plus, also uh, with the Spotify accounts, you. With a family account, like if you own one family account, that's five people that you could sell it to, you know, because there's five at once or whatever. Yeah, and they also could do those things kind of like the sketchy sort of like Cody Media Player things where you download side-loaded apps that have, uh, you know, sketchy credentials that you're somehow getting some feed from, but you don't know how or where, and there's still some other ad network's ads on it. You know, so it could have also been a part of that as well. True. Yeah, I know there's not like a ton of free music apps on like iPhone and stuff. It'd be interesting if they like uh, they made like a quote unquote free music app and they just use like the Spotify thing to you know play music for their app. Yeah. And that's like how it counted. Yeah, we should get a hold of that APK. I kind of want to play with it. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think uh, Jay Z's platform title like that's that's the best one, isn't it? Oh yeah. Or are they still kind uh, of separate entity? I don't know. All right, so I said there's really called like title or something. What? T- like T I D A L title? Yeah, like his service. Sorry, I just had to resize the uh, chat window um, to be able to on the stream because we have 20 people in our in our podcast right now. So yeah, I think I it's think. pretty good not talking over each other for 20 people too. By the way, I just, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, it's really- in the top in the topics. Uh, channel, I posted a link to that Spotify APK. Oh, beautiful. Thank oh. you. We'll post that in the uh, chat here for the stream. 
Hello, everybody on stream. Okay, so let's go on the next one, which was the ATM hackers behind $1 billion in malware jackpotting were arrested in Spain. Did anybody read this article? That wasn't this week, though. I, I was that was like a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, we didn't get to this. You know, this this was the one that I saw was posted a couple days ago. Um, but I had seen something like this before, and I wasn't sure if they may have been other people. Or who oh, dude, people. this happens all the time. There's always people getting busted doing shit like this. Yeah, it just this one was a billion dollars, and it just caught my eye. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, people have been talking about ATM jackpotting for a while, uh, and it's just interesting to see because I mean, you see a lot of these ATM systems, especially uh, Hermit and I here, are really big fans of error screens and examples of them, and we see all the time, you know common ATMs that are just running on, on as clients on a, a Windows XP machine somewhere. And so right. they're already going to be, I mean, everybody, there's very many well-known exploits on um, Windows XP, so just being able to somehow load those on through whatever network is going to be trivial to actually exploit them. They used to drill yeah. holes inside of the ATMs and then like a, put a hole in the right spot, you can kind of like make it start dropping cash or dispensing cash, but they're reprogramming them now with malware. That's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah now uh, one of the jackpotting techniques that they're doing is they'll have the universal key for, like, a specific brand, and then somebody will dress up like a technician, go up to there, plug in and uh, open it up, plug in a USB to it, and then they'll leave, and then, uh, like, a group of, like, five or six people will come in at, like, just predetermined times, and they'll fucking just cash out a shit ton of money. And then like the text tech, messaging, like SMS yeah, text the, messaging stuff. And then the quote-unquote tech will come back and remove all the fucking malware and shit that they put on it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's really easy as well. A lot of ATMs, like the, the sort of like bespoke ones, where um, you can just access the, the service menu and then change what um, denomination is in the pan. Not that I've ever done that, but um, it, it, like it's not it's not that really that big a deal. So, I mean, I guess a lot of sort of people who know the default codes have Googled them might know that. Um, also, RIP Barnaby Jack, yo. Yeah, Jack I do. On stage at that's, uh, that's right on. Dude. This store that my mom used to work at, they had an ATM and I was fucking with it one day and they still had the default codes plugged into it. I wasn't able to get, like, I got into some, like, weird-ass maintenance screen, but I wasn't able to get past that. Yeah, there's the uh, other uh... for a spreadsheet. There's actually a spreadsheet out there. It's pretty public, so I, I don't think I'm like revealing anything amazing here. But you can find a spreadsheet that has default codes for basically any ATM in existence right now. Uh, well, so there was going to be um, a CTF event that involved an ATM at a con, and the guys that were running the CTF had to pull it because. Uh, They'd bought it online secondhand, and there was codes oh, in one of the. Uh, yeah, there was some codes in the in the um, firmware somewhere. I'm not not really sure exactly where. I guess on some chip that they couldn't remove. They were like hard coded right once. Uh, could you have more detail on that and uh, where those are located? For uh, reasons, of course. I think uh, it was uh, it was Bitcoin CTF. Shout out Bitcoin CTF on Twitter. You can ask him for more details, maybe. Right on. Nice. Hell yeah. So we've gone through all of our topics for the week. Actually, did we have a couple more? Uh, people had posted a couple things. 
Um, actually, do you guys want to touch on real quick the meltdown? Um, this is crazy. Actually, you brought this up. The meltdown patch opening a bigger security hole in Windows Seven. Yeah, Microsoft fucked up when they pushed the. Uh, they like flipped a bit so that all apps could read kernel. And um, yeah, and they they patched it silently in this patch Tuesday, but. They just kind of fucked up for a minute, and they're like, "Hey, whoops, my bad. Here you go." Jesus, man, that's crazy. Yeah, people diff those patches immediately when they come through. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, it was Windows Seven X sixty four and Server two thousand eight. By the way. Hell yeah! All right, so you guys want to get into our main topic of the day or the week, which is off offsec and paranoia and everything about that in between because a lot of people have a lot of issues right now with feeling vulnerable and feeling frustrated with facebook and other social media applications that are kind of mishandling all of our data um so um and sorry yeah i'm cutting out a little bit i apologize um but so I guess, I mean, this is a huge topic, and um, in the topics channel, we have our sort of questions to ask, but I guess we can start off with what is OPSEC, and uh, not Pike, do you want to do that thing to kind of explain what uh, the history of OPSEC is? Yeah, I can do that. A quick little short and skinny about how Operation Security became a thing. So during the Vietnam War, 19, seven, or excuse me, 1965, pretty much Operation Rolling Thunder, they were pretty much bombing the hell out of North Korea because they got all butthurt that they blew them up. And they were figuring out, like, oh, hey, these missions are not effective. What the fuck? So Admiral Grant, which was the commander of the U.S. Pacific Command at the time, was like, WTF, bro, and did, like, a joint research project with the NSA. And pretty much they found out that all their missions were being, like, reported back via Morse code. It was a bunch of redacted information. There's a PDF that I put on the Twitch channel and also in Discord. But there is a correlation between transmissions and messages going from like, oh, hey, the Americans are coming. You should like not be here. And really what it kind of came down to is like Operation Purple Dragon. That was just a fun little name they came out with that stuck that says like if uh, you don't do good counterintelligence, uh, people are going to figure you out. Somebody talk. Isn't that where that Yeah, came? pretty much loose lips shink ships, except instead of that little poster, it's a purple dragon now. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Wait, is that Jin's logo? The dragon? The purple dragon. Oh, that's, a, that's a troll with like a wizard. <laughs> oh, it's a troll. God. It's a bummer there's so much redacted from this document. Big, big sections. Oh, where did you post this? It's in the Twitch, and I'll put it in uh, topics one more time. Okay. Sounds good. It's a 106 page document you can read about. Ugh. I mean, I'm not terribly surprised that an OPSEC document has redactions in it. <laughs> All right. So, um, everybody, did you guys read uh, the Grux slides when he did the whole portal thing? Yeah, I still like this what he talked about OPSEC? Yeah, 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 for Freedom Fighters. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. if anyone hasn't read that that's listening, then you should probably... That's also a good thing to read. Yeah, that would be good to post in the... The chat the links at least that's a yeah that the portal project awesome do we have show notes we should put it in the show notes 
Yeah, so that's the other thing too, real quick. I'm going to probably just use my main domain to keep track of all of our stuff. I can just make a subdomain for it that we can use to track everything so far that we've done and talked about. So anybody who's listening now and listening in the future, um, I will post a link on uh, Twitter somewhere and on this Twitch uh, page as well with the links to all of our show notes and links to backups of all of the podcasts. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye out for that here. By tomorrow, I will have uh, everything on. Are we, are we done with the portion where, like, we have to be tame and shit? <laughs> that never ends, man. We're always No, like, here. the whole, the whole <laughs> like, you know... I don't know, when we were trying to be formal, like a legit podcast formal, and then, like, you know, we have that first hour, and then after that, we kind of fuck off, whatever. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. I, I, I thought we were going to talk more about OPSEC, though, because we really didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Okay, go ahead. That much about it. <laughs> he just brought up that one <laughs> thing about the history. It's not important. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess let's talk about OPSEC. Why is OPSEC important? Well, obviously, you don't want fucking... I mean, really, it depends on what you're into, I guess. But there's several, I mean, there's several layers of OPSEC depending on what you're doing. Obviously, if you're, like, some fucking adversary for some fucking state, you're going to need, like, some crazy-ass shit. But if you're just, like, a normal-ass person, I don't really think you need to go full-on OPSEC with shit. I think think that it's generational, too. I'll mention that. Like, the, the older generation seems to have a lot more I, I don't want to say paranoia because that's the second half of this piece is is it paranoia or is it opsec but there is definitely a more awareness um i see concerns and things like that with with kind of the older generation the old folks well i feel like sorry guys. oh no you, i think that this this um generation has kind of been raised with like you know i'll put whatever out there anyways with like the facebook and social media and shit so they're much more desensitized to it whereas like the older people it was kind of like you know the whole thing was just a lot more privacy driven yeah dude i i mean i grew up in a household where it was it was known or or widely said uh don't trust the government. I mean, that, that was generally the consensus of the household was do not trust the government. And uh, that's kind of where I got my, uh, the roots of paying attention to that kind of thing. Yep. Um, I yeah. don't know about anybody. I think uh, getting YouTube famous or getting Facebook, Snapchat, whatever famous today is a, a thing that a lot of people sort of aspire to. And I mean, that means like holding every single social media with the same name and branding yourself and all this. And that really like puts it out there. But um, like even I, like I don't use my real name when I do presentations or anything like I, just because. Um, yeah. And if, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I feel like, you know, I don't want to, if, if I am on social media, like look at movie stars or like, um, you know, famous musicians and whatnot. Like they all have stage names. Nobody's out there using their real name. Yet this next generation of like wannabe fame people are like, use your real name, put it everywhere, put everything about you like everywhere. Yeah, a brand. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily like 
because like i think a portion of that is maybe like you know like teenagers chasing fame on like social media and things like that but like we're kind of as this generation i think we're kind of taught to market ourselves and like i think that's just a huge portion of that i don't know i think there's two different between like uh i want to have a million twitter followers and i want to have people be able to like google me and find the presentation i did if that makes sense yeah, there's definitely uh, someone in the chat said it depends on what you want out of the internet. So if you do want, you know, fame, I guess, or just to be listened to or pay attention to for whatever reason, versus I want to share information and disseminate it to people, those are two different sides of the same coin, or sides of the same coin if you're using, you know, the internet to promote yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of people end up branding themselves using the same names and as well as passwords and other things we can get to that later but just using that across there to create a consistency people tend to view the internet and to view the different communication platforms in the same way so they think that a facebook message is the same as a twitter post is the same as an instagram post or a snapchat but realistically all these different things all have come with their own different implications and that's something that i think a lot of people don't realize because it's just you know you get a lot of your information either from your computer mainly or your phone mainly but either way it's just some device that you're using to do the same thing on different platforms and so it kind of uh you kind of gets lost in 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 all of that that's like your metadata and stuff too and then the actual data but how do you think our biometric data is being shared like the say facebook and the finding out how all this information is being sold is our biometric data also being sold because that's a whole different level of optic there yeah. we don't even realize yet at the moment yeah dude for sure and and so there's there's a few states that require it just to get a driver's license i think there's five in the u.s right now but um just going back to use point you know posting something on twitter posting something on facebook if you have a public profile uh, it it, the idea of it being on a phone and you're just typing on your phone, it doesn't resonate the same as taking out an ad on a billboard, but you are essentially giving access to millions of people potentially to see what you just wrote. And uh, I don't, I don't think a lot of people take that into account. Yeah. I mean, like, why do you think Facebook is free? You're like, you're the fucking product now. I don't think I don't think people have realized that. It's nope. insane. Yeah, they don't. They they just think it's a cool little, a neat little website that I can reconnect with my old classmates that I actually hated. Yeah, not like an, an, like another thing though is like these like especially like with Twitter you get all these kids that think that they're like some like crazy fucking you know hacker that knows all this shit and stuff, but what they don't understand how anything works so they'll take like their original twitter account and change it to like some different at and like some different like name and shit and they think that they're hidden and no one can find out their fucking old information when all that shit was archived oh my god those are so fucking funny. let's just let's be honest here i'm pretty sure we were all stupid when we were younger no it is yeah. very true but the, the way to be stupid is definitely amplified yeah we, we have to be smart for them to a degree as well the, the, yeah. I think we weren't enabled as much. Like our stupidity wasn't enabled by the platforms. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I got a good point there. It wasn't amplified. Yeah, yeah especially we with did things like dumb Facebook. shit. Like we right. broke windows and shit. But I mean, things like Facebook—they they disable a lot of things that you would think would be 
by like by default. Like remember when Facebook had every post was public all the time, and before they, they just wanted people to send their nudes. Not too long ago, like what a few months ago, they're like, "Please send us your nudes." <laughs> yeah, so they could hash oh, the nudes. Man, that was so dude, funny. that was fucking gold. And who came up with that, dude? That was ballsy. That was fucking ballsy. <laughs> I, he said, I, "Please I, send nudes to everyone in America." I think it was well intentioned, but it just came across. <laughs> creepiest dude, yeah, dude that is creepy as fuck who's got a good idea when they're doing that you're a good man well i mean they were trying to fingerprint it for revenge porn right but it just came across as like said you're nudes and we're gonna make sure that something bad doesn't happen but send them send them up 20 bucks 20 bucks says the guy that came up with the idea in the next 10 years winds up on the sex offender list uh, alex <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the, I guess, the next part of this, which is what are some good examples of OPSEC? Good examples of what? Of OPSEC. So how, like, I guess, what, are, what would be some advice or what are some things that are good to highlight as far well, as good, positive examples of it rather than straight paranoia? Well, I mean, okay, like I said, so I got an really example right de- here. De- Sorry, go ahead, next man. It really depends on what you're, like, doing. Like, I mean, if you're, like, you know, doing, like, hacking and shit and stuff, you want to, or, like, pretty much anything illegal, you want to make, like, a, obviously, you want to have separate accounts that are not connected to you. That's fucking 101. But also, you, you the persona of that handle that you make, you want to make it completely opposite of who you are as a person. Compartmentalized. Like, yeah, 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 like, if, if you and your handle met each other, they would need to fucking hate each other. So you want to be opposite of who you are in real life because they're doing all this shit now, like the NSA, CIA, FBI. Whenever they think that they have their target, they'll start going through their public social medias and they'll start watch, like reading their posts. They can run it through programs that have special algorithms that say this was typed by this person because of how like the language that they use, how they say stuff, how they type stuff, and they can actually pinpoint that the same person who wrote that shit. Yeah, so, it is, but it is also Palantir, and Palantir is in bed with FBI and intelligence community. So, like, you got you got to completely change how you talk. You have to completely change how you think, and also you have to know what the fuck you're doing. Because if you look at most of the people that get caught using Tor, it wasn't because Tor was fucked up. It was it, it was a combination of Tor being fucked up plus the person not knowing what, what they were doing, like not having no script running, running, like letting job JavaScript execute. Wait, who's echoing really bad? Is that fixed? A residential. We should be fixed. We should be fixed. Uh, Chris, push oh, time. I love echo. I hate the echo. But um, I kind of forgot where I was at with that. Um. Not using tall correctly. Oh well, yeah, and then like okay, so they don't they don't have no script on. Are they running like they have an updated Tor browser, so it's it's able for them to you know um, actually be identified. But it also goes like deeper with that. You wouldn't have to worry about no script if you were running like a setup like Hunix or something where it completely separates everything, and there's two different huh? virtual machines like running different parts of shit. Like how Unix no. is set up, it's really, really good for like OPSEC and stuff like that because it's not going to allow a non-Tor TPP connection to get out. And if it no. did, it would have to get out of the gateway VM also. So, bro, do you really trust Tor browser though? I mean, I, like, I don't want to take too far <laughs> tangent, but I don't trust that fucking browser. Well, for- who owns most of the Tor exit nodes? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, like the NSA does, but really, well, I, I think, I think Vice magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was a huge HS attack um, in December and January, where over half of the guard nodes and HS nodes got just demolished because there was a there was a denial of service condition in the Tor daemon and uh, that. It, you you think about taking out half the fucking Tor network that controls who knows the IP addresses, and suddenly you realize, oh, it's not that hard to actually completely take control of Tor. I wouldn't doubt that there's some crazy shit going on with it right now. Yeah, oh, and, 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 I, and I understand that, but if you're running a setup like Hunix, that doesn't really matter, because let's say that they did find something in the Tor browser that they could execute shit. If your IP tables are set up to drop non-Tor TCP connections and then flat out drop all UDP connections, it's not going to allow it to communicate back with whatever server it needs to because the IP table is going to drop it. And especially with Hunix, how they have a workstation VM. I think he was saying that by reducing the complexity of the Tor network, it's easier to to de-anonymize someone. Yeah, but... uh, You're making an argument about callbacks. Exactly, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. If it can't call back, it's yeah, not going to hit your real IP address. Are you already connected, and if it was connected through like a bad node, it doesn't well, matter. But I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't think you're understanding how Hunix no. actually works because if, if your cable modem connects to an entry node that's compromised, and they've compromised the internals of how the Tor Onion works, you're fucked. But you're yeah, but but Hunix runs like four different Tor instances. The gateway starts a Tor instance, and then it pipe. It has ETH1 and ETH0. ETH1 is what it's taking your host information, your network from your host, and then it's piping it to ETH0. The workstation VM only reads ETH0. It has no idea that ETH1 even exists. So that's why it has two different virtual machines that it needs to break out of. But on top of that, it has multiple Tor uh, instances running on top of each other. So... It, it's not that first tour entrance on the gateway you're not doing anything from that it's just piping it over into the gateway which also has another tour instance on top of it and then when you open tour browser that is another tour instance so if you're browsing you have two other tour instance instances running underneath that so, so you, you they're not going from gateways or basically still well it's 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 for well the the gateway VM has a Tor instance running, and then the um, actual workstation has two different Tor instances running. So you have three and, different and so, Tor instances that it needs to break out of. So on this instance, though, do you check your Gmail? No. The first one, you don't do anything with. The first one that it's actually connecting to the Tor network with on the gateway, you don't. it doesn't even have a browser on the gateway. You can't do anything with the gateway. You only can do shit from the workstation, and that's where it keeps that separation because it's not going to be able to break out of that other two instances to get to that first one. The only one that has, right. your, yeah. So the my, first my point was the, the like if I check my Gmail and the exit node is compromised, then none of that matters. Well, yeah, obviously that's stupid shit. That has nothing to do with Tor. That was your mistake checking your Gmail. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a huge problem. It's, stupid. it's maybe stupid <laughs> us, but I think it's it's important to recognize that um, we're not, uh, in, in including people listening and, and people watching, it's not uh, second nature to everybody. This is second nature to us, and, and right. people are talented with this stuff. But 
the regular user that just kind of wants to be private and keep their privacy, they're they're generally fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy when you're we're, we're I hear you're talking about Hoonix and basically setting up data diodes and other sorts of things like that. That I mean, you're thinking about just your average person who yeah doesn't want to have their you know information scraped or if I was going to get too further on down the road, um, their their PII basically exfiltrated from their browser. So um, I mean, we're talking about all this stuff. I mean, I I feel like. The other thing we have to kind of per- keep in mind too is that there are, I guess, more common sense things that people have to follow as well. So we can also share some of that if you guys have any sort of more good common sense things that you kind of want to scream at the sky sometimes about. Here's your chance. Pretty, pretty oh, good question. One thing I have to mention is there's two there's two types of opsec, right? There's opsec for doing criminal shit. Let's be let's be real, it's criminal yes. shit, and you need fucking really good opsec to stay clear of that and then there's opsec for just privacy reasons and opsec that that doesn't need to be airtight uh but you can take some measures to make it uh workable yeah like if you're engaging in some in some illegal activity like exchanging you know some drugs or some illegal contraband or something like that um it's necessary to minimize the risk and sort of insulate yourself from any unnecessary exposure associated with the exchange right i mean which is why like if i had to do that you know i would choose the dead drop method because it it accomplishes that while you know providing a little bit of insulation i think it's important to note as well like just really simple things if you take it right back down off the internet um and like say you're carrying a bag of drugs like don't break the speed limit like don't 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 have your tail light out. Don't, you know, all that stuff. Sure. But what I just said, is that example of um, paranoid behavior or just, you know, not enough OPSEC? What do you guys think? How would you classify that? And under what circumstances is, is it appropriate to take, like, those kind of measures? I mean, Dan just said criminal and, you know, whatever. Go ahead. I would say. And then another thing, though, with OPSEC is a lot of people, they think, oh, I'm, I'm on a VPN, I'm safe. A VPN isn't for OPSEC. It's for fucking, like, just basic security. It's not for keeping yourself anonymous or anything like that. If you use a VPN to do some illegal shit, more than likely you're going to fucking get caught eventually doing exactly. it. Exactly. That's a huge thing. People well, tell VPN anonymity services. So it depends how you bought it. With VPNs, though, like, I think if you look at the, the VPN entry point, isn't that just a massive target to copy or to, to like cop all the people using it right now? Like let's just man in the middle, everyone using like basically, you know. yeah. And that's I think that's what a thing a lot of people miss is that now you you just like got all these connections coming into a singular location and okay your ISP can't see what you're doing, but like the VPN provider definitely can. Yeah. And then so that's another thing you gotta worry about is that VPN provider selling that information like a lot of people like oh i'm using a free vpn well what's what's the incentive for that free vpn what are they doing with your information you're you are the product at that point you're you're if you're paying for it yeah you're a customer there's their incentive but if it's free there's no incentive for them so there has to be some way that you are the product so about how many jumps is it before you consider it like reasonably secure before you know you take any action any hostile action or anything like that 
I think obviously I could give the information away. It's not it only no matter, doesn't matter because that's the weakest point you failed already. I don't think so. I think uh, you can you can reasonably do some some pretty fucked up stuff uh, with just strategic VPN and uh, and Tor. But then again, that goes back to that secondhand nature shit. Most of those people aren't going to know how to do that. I think bona fides oh, are another uh, another big myth here as well. Um, so like when I was doing mobile stuff, like telco stuff, I know that um, you could take either an MZ or an IME and you you can like locate somebody uh, using like signal um, strength from multiple partner cells and like identify them, right? Like you can you put them within 20 meters in a in a populated area. So um, if you're using a burner phone now and, and you know, you're swapping your SIM cards between like your IMSIs, like between different IMEs, every time you pair to the network, they're all getting like, um, yeah, you're they're getting yourself. clogged, right? So yeah, because you're not compartmentalizing enough. And then all of a sudden, if you've got two phones on you all the time, you know, you can triangulate like the same person repeatedly. Yep. I take this with a grain of salt, but I've, I've been told this by an actual NSA agent or, or a former NSA agent, and that's, if, if you're going out of your way to use uh, burner phones and be off off the beaten path, you are instantly making yourself more recognizable as a threat. Right. That's right. their algorithm. Yeah, so that's like, yeah, that's, that's self. Do. Don't look like you're doing crimes. It's kind of like how people try to look like they have guns. You don't want to look like you have well, a gun, so don't do it. If you're reusing a burner... I mean, it's a burner asset because it's disposable. If you're reusing that shit, then you're doing it wrong anyway. So, oh well. Exactly. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're swapping a SIM between like a burner phone and a regular phone or something like that. I mean, if, if you couple, you know, an asset, a burner asset, it's burner, it's disposable asset, right? With, you know, each operation, then as soon as the operation is complete, you dispose of the assets and that's it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and never use it from the same geolocation. So on this topic, um, at DEF CON, I think two years ago, maybe, there was something like 40 femtocells that went up on the strip. Um, and like, were you guys using burner phones? If, if you, not that anyone really is, wants to answer that question, but like, like, do you think that using a burner phone in that situation where you know that there's gonna be in ex like multiple femtocells from like random strangers, like, is that, is that paranoid or is that upset? Well, that's a really extreme case, though, because you're not really going to be commonly in a place where there's 40 femtocells in any location. Yeah, that's... No, but you, you know you're going there. You know that you, oh, you booked God. your flights, you're going there, there's 40 femtocells that you yeah. don't know who owns them. So I think Personally, you just really plan for where you know you're going to go. I mean, it's not paranoid <laughs> if you know that there's going to be hostile in every single... Spectrum. One apartment complex could be the same way, though. I, I was just going to say, my old apartment complex was absolutely a hostile environment, and I don't, I don't think very many people knew. And I, I did my best to not be too fucking evil with it, but it, it the, the fact is, it's easy to set up um, GSM networks and networks that can basically mimic. Uh, the, the same technology that law enforcement's using. But that being said, uh, you got to assess your own risk. Are you worth burning an exploit that's worth a million plus dollars? 
I would venture a guess probably not. Um, yeah, that's another thing. A lot of I've noticed that like a lot of like people within like the hacking scene or whatever you want to call it, they think that if they do one little fuck up or hiccup, that they're gonna get busted and raided and all that shit. When honestly, if it, like the FBI is not gonna care that you fucking SQL eyed some stupid little website that's not important. They're not gonna fucking waste resources to go after that. And I do think it does cross the line of paranoia um, on some of those people that do that shit, because I'm sorry, you're not that fucking important. I guess it depends. If you start, start thinking of like Al Capone and how they finally caught him, I mean, yeah, he's like, and he's mo- well, I was talking US more of like, but he got nailed people. for pretty much like tax evasion. It was something stupid. Yeah. It, yeah. But I was talking more of like everyday people that are just doing like small crimes, not like some, you know, like head of some fucking crime organization. Yeah, but isn't, like, another side to that, like, that the FBI and people chasing you is really romanticized? Like, I feel like it's, like, kind of a desire for people to have, like, people after them. Uh, but when yeah. they do that, I feel like it's still cool. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that on. I would agree. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a huge meme now. It's just, like, uh, oh, I'm just, like, talking to my FBI agent, like, when they're referring to their webcam, you know? But, I mean, realistically, yeah. you can't have one FBI agent for every single... You know, yeah because then, then who then again watches the watchman you know it's like how do you what level do you get to where every single person is being somehow monitored but at the same time through um you know upside failures everybody tends to be monitored in some way or another by by somebody en mass usually or willingly um so yeah. and, also, and also people collecting for intelligence agencies or, or the FBI. I mean, like, they're not, it's not just one agent per per suspect. It's one agent and then informants that spread yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, there are also companies, and I think young uh, ET can attest to this, that they just sell intel, right? Right. Yeah. Facebook. So, yeah, no, actual, no, I mean, like, uh, like have yeah, like spreadsheets card. with identities and associated, you know, activity and stuff like that. They, they keep the it, file, serialized file like that. And they, they sell it to like government agencies and shit like that as well. So that, yeah. that AP, the thing I was talking about before where you could triangulate mobile phones, um, like cell phones, uh, based on partner cells, power output and that. There was an API for that and the, uh, like the feds paid the API fee. Like not anyone can get the, not anyone gets the API obviously, but like there's a fee associated with lookups and they used it. What does it just do like triangulation or? Yeah, it's yep, just built into the, built into the telcos network. I mean, they can just they can ping your phone with uh, one stuff and SS7. Uh, there's SS7 vulnerability. I forget the name of it, but it will generally give your fucking location up. Now, with the topic of paranoia, are more, are more people concerned that there's like they're individually being targeted and like trying to be manipulated or something like that, or is it that their data is just being harvested and like out being added to like a mass data collection? Like, why do you know? Why do you want yeah, to know, man? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just curious if, because uh, like when you talk to like day-to-day people and they say, "Man, I'm really concerned about my privacy," are they saying like, "Well, I'm concerned about what'll happen if you know if corporation has everyone's data, or if corporation's gonna pull up my profile and decide what to do with me specifically?" Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, if, if that's something, or like, which side is more like prominent, I guess, with the conversation. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's, 
it's a I think it's elastic, right? Like it depends on the level of stuff that you're doing that makes you self-conscious of your activities. Um, there's, there's a, there's truth to it all, I think is the problem, right? Like it's not fucking impossible for any intelligence agency, even, even your local police department at this point is able to, to fly helicopters with stingrays. So like there's, there's a level of realism to domestic spying that, uh, that gives any of the most paranoid sounding, um, delusions or whatever you want to call them there's a level of realism to it and and that's the mind fuck is am i a target of that and if so why and there's there's it it's a it's a hard question it's a good question too so i i think this was kind of the point of of 1984 right is that like if big brother is in your threat model you're you're fucking paranoid because I mean, there's nothing you I'm can paranoid. do about it. I'm paranoid. I know that, um, you know, <laughs> like, like Zodiac has been really paranoid. I've been really paranoid, crazed. And has anybody else here just been like really paranoid for no reason? You trying to get us the same thing? What's going on? Shut it down. Well, I'm just saying, like, on the subject of paranoia, I mean, all of us have had instances where it's been literally, like, unfounded, like, just extreme cases of paranoia. I mean, how do you how do you develop coping mechanisms to deal with that and recognize it as such, as opposed to necessary OPSEC measures, you know? Uh, alcohol? I don't know. Yeah, medication. <laughs> <laughs> now? Standing at the door and seeing the UPS man outside, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's the FBI. And I hid. <laughs> How'd you, how'd you get away from him? Uh, it, it, like the guy just stood there for like 15 minutes and he left. But I was like, oh shit, that was like my worst, dude. And that was. I've had I mean, so many fire girls. Yeah, I've done that shit before. Yo, I'll I'll go go you guys guys stayed there for 15 minutes? Dude, where do you live, man? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was in Boston. He probably like, was in fucking bed, dude. I don't think you were. <laughs> well, he, he, didn't, he didn't come to my house. So I was like, okay, cool. So are you a paranoid person if those fire girls are a way of life? Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, it depends. If it's good at OPSEC, if it's founded, if it's founded paranoid, I think that it's kind of like if you're actually doing something that you know that they possibly could be watching you, and I mean, I think it's kind of founded that you would have that. Jen, I I think you, your, your quip there. Are you good or are you good at OPSEC? Is is dead on because. If you think you're good at OPSEC, you aren't, and you're going to fuck up, and you're going to... Well, I think I think you can know that you're okay at it, but I don't think that you should ever be 100% adamant that something's going to work or get 100% comfortable that you're always going to be safe, but I think at the same time, you can know that you know a little more than the average person about it. Sure, yeah. But you know, yeah. It's, it's, imp- it's not impenetrable, right? I think yeah. arrogance and OPSEC um, clash. Oh, like, yeah. you, you can't, if, you, if you're arrogant about it, you're definitely going to fuck up. Like, Ego, dude. Ego gets you hit. Like, in my, in my Twitter bio, it says OPSEC Pro on it. But I, uh, me saying that, I still realize that I'm not 100% safe and that nothing is 100% guaranteed. 
I'm gonna put that in my bio. I don't do anything wrong, so you know, I'm good. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> same, here. same here. Are you guys like criminals or something? What? <laughs> I, I want to see this is hacker. Are you a bad guy? I'm confused. I want to see the same conversation unfold within legitimate criminals. I'm curious if there are uh, criminals with imposter syndrome, uh, which would be hilarious. We should invite them to the uh, chat. Crimes and want to talk about it? You you solution to everything is let's invite them. Those are the ones that yes. join gangs, right? <laughs> Criminals with imposter syndrome. Oh, finally. <laughs> I, think, I, I think if you're uh if you're a criminal and like say you're you're a coke dealer and maybe you do a little bit of coke. I think that might uh, increase your paranoia. You know what I mean? Like uh, I used to, I used, I'll admit it because this was over ten years ago. I used to sell like a shit ton of cocaine and transport cocaine for the Texas Syndicate, and uh, which was a hand of the Los Zetas cartel. And I was doing coke, but I never got, I was never overly paranoid about shit. I mean, I was paranoid, but it was justified. Well, you should know. have been, you stupid. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying that I did have a little bit of paranoia, but I'm what I'm saying is the cocaine usage did not increase the paranoia. Uh, how, still could alive? It, how could it not? Dude? Yeah. yeah, how could it not? Yeah, right, yeah. Still I think I think it I think that I think that like drugs that make people paranoid, I think that's just how they are naturally. It, it, it's not gonna the drugs are just gonna increase it, but I don't I think that they're gonna be like that regardless of the drugs because I wasn't typically like a crazy paanoid person. Yeah, I watched my moves and I watched myself to make sure that I was safe. But I, I also never depends on the drug. I never went like super, super crazy with it, like, you know, coked out, picking out the blinds, running to end it into the house and all that shit. If no, I, I see someone like I know so now. Do we say right this? Now heard, switch we... coke out with meth, and I think that's going to be a different story. But you heard that stereotype that you just said. I've never been gacked out looking at out the window blinds, and that that stereotype exists for a reason because that shit fucks your fucking head up. Right. And you're getting paranoid, so it's the drugs. If you're up to no good. Should you be paranoid? I think you should be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think there's a healthy level of paranoia that it's like just keeps you on your toes but doesn't send you over the edge. Yeah, I agree. I think there's like some bit of a vibe you project if you're too like worried though. You don't want to have that. I would I would put out there what do, you, what do you do if you go over the edge? Cuz I think so, at least a few of us in here have at some point gone over the edge of paranoia where they're just fucking out of their minds. I think it's nice to have just one person who you can just who doesn't give a fuck what you're up to that you can just, you know, who can kind of keep you yeah. in check. Yeah. I, agree. I think it's pretty important though, that that person is not an internet person or related. Oh to yeah, no real life so. person. You really <laughs> trust. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like have real life friends. Don't be a internet fucking hermit. Yeah. I you thought know, that was assumed. Yeah. That should be like the lesson for today's show, by the way, in the show notes is have, have real life friends that you can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, have also like your internet friends yeah. become your real life friends. That's that, I would uh, say that's not that person. Don't trust them. Yeah, I, I mean, if somebody knows about what, like, you know, if somebody has no idea what you're talking about, sometimes that can be better, right? I, I'm yeah. sort of joking, but you can easily have friends in real life 
that know you do criminal shit online or even do it in parallel with you and and be safe but you you need to have a, a level of trust that also has a level of skepticism because it, trusting anybody implicitly is just flat out dangerous it just is this is trusting people hey links what's up um <laughs> so i, I want to say to you guys so what are the downsides that you would say of too much paranoia and distrust because we're saying you can go down the rabbit hole of being really paranoid of being super in upset of you know only making calls if you throw out your burner phone immediately after you know all the different types of, of uh, protections that you might be able to employ but what are the downsides of having too much of that and then what are some of the key failures also that can happen when when you do get too paranoid being alert on wi-fi makes you more obvious lack of sleep <laughs> i want really? i want cow to uh for all the time like i want cow to read out that tweet what tweet? One of the downsides is fucking money, though, because I used to get a new burner phone like every fucking week. What? But you just said you weren't paranoid about it. No, I or said that you... I was, but it was healthy paranoid. What I was saying is that I wasn't like gacked out on coke, fucking paranoid. Oh, okay. But you were you were paranoid to the point to get burner phones. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and if your operations are not giving you any money, they're probably not worth it. If you can't afford a fucking burner phone to do it. If it doesn't pay for at least a burner phone, then maybe you should reevaluate <laughs> what you're doing. Oh no, there was there was plenty of money coming in. That wasn't an issue. Sorry, guys. Not your specific case. I'm, I'm speaking like in terms of general, general you. Yeah. For the audience, we do all run a massive cocaine uh, trafficking ring. Don't say that. Like I'm wondering why. I'm hot right now. You better say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have a fudge cookies industry where I employ a lot of illegal migrants. <laughs> I think with paranoia, though, like, it really does build on itself. Like, uh, I don't know, if you start to become, like, really, really paranoid, like, anything becomes an issue. Like, I don't know, is the buzzing sound in your fan a microphone? You know what I mean? Like, I think it yeah. kind of takes over itself and keeps going. Uh, so, like, one of the things with paranoia is, like, it, it, I, I don't know, it, it really does build on itself. I think also it can, like, yeah. Yeah, it really is really self-reinforcing. Like, you start looking for stuff to justify your own opinion, and it makes it even worse. Yeah, you know, one thing I'll add is, uh, especially online, there's there's people that feed on that. Um, and there's there's a term that uh, actually Evo mentioned at some point called scareware, right? And it's a term I hadn't ever heard before. And basically, it's just the act of preying on your fears and, and feeding them. And it becomes a fucking echo chamber that causes just immense paranoia and, and fear. Yes. And when the ghost hunting fear- shows are a good example. Yeah, yeah. The ghost hunting, right. Because those people fear that they're haunted. Spooky. I think though also if you're too paranoid, you don't get like to grow as a person sometimes because you might not put yourself out there in like the communities of things because you're just so worried, you know? Yeah. yeah. What if it goes I mean to some people I guess it just doesn't matter. Like they might want to have, you know, people have their information to be social and things like that. Dude, I wanna be haunted. Let's go. Uh oh. 
Uh oh. You can't really have relationships. So what about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What What about internet dating and OPSEC? Because I know that like using OSN on internet dating sites has definitely helped me um, find the details of one or two individuals. Ew. So that does that also present as like borderline stalking, which is a subject of. Yes. A good point. Maybe it does. Well, I mean, I, I think it, I think it depends on your intentions. If it's borderline stalking, if you like, let's say you met like a girl somewhere and you know like her first names and you liked her and you really wanted to get to know her better, but you don't, so you look her up on Facebook until you find her. If you happen to be good at shit like that, I I don't think that's stalking in that sense. It is. What about what's up? That's that's a bit close to stalkerish, though. Cross a line. You said search until you find her. Can we back up? Can we back up on this statement? That's like saying, "Oh, it's just a fetish to like little kids." It's not. I did not get to finish. I did not get to finish that statement. I was going to add that you can cross the line into stalking with that, but I think that if you're just trying to find somebody, it is a very thin ass line. But I think if you're just trying to find somebody so you know who they are. That's a little bit different. Now, if you sit there and like scroll their social media every fucking day for weeks and you never talk to them in real life, all right, all that's right. where it's so my guy. So also, it depends on somebody. like further to young ET's point. If you put yourself on a on a dating site in the first place, I don't. I think True. you shouldn't be looking into that. You should be going on dates unless you suspect you're getting catfished. Is that why you do that to insulate yourself from risk? Like people getting may not know about the, the coordinates in their pictures they're putting online. A girl may not want to present that information. It's good to be aware of those kinds of things, though. Wait, <laughs> so OPSEC. Oh, I know you're talking so, about. Do so your OPSEC is directly proportional to your open source intelligence skills. But does um, like Tinder or OSN like skills you have, data? the better Are OPSEC. We- are we pro or anti-stalking right now? I can't. Dude, I don't fucking know, but it sounded pretty Those fucking bad right now. Yeah, same thing. It seems like pro stalking, but I'm trying yeah. to under what young ET do you do you not stalk these people? Do you engage in that particular investigative behavior for your uh, potential relationship candidates on these on these OK Cupid sites or wherever you are? No, I mean like all right. So you have. You have random skitty, right? And you want to know who random skitty is, and you come across his dating profile website. Like, oh, I, I thought you said you got it. Oh, no, really? no, 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 no. Uh, I'm sorry. Dude, I don't like, think most of them are old enough to use Tinder. So, like, uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I came across one guy who had so, um, a BDSM profile where he's like, yeah, I like to be dominant and choke <laughs> people out and, like, all this shit. And, like, it was just way too much information, you know? Like, he didn't associate his other online activity with this BDSM matchmaking, you know, fantasy shit, you know. Would you say that was your friend? No, no, it was a guy I was looking for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was looking to get checked out. You got me. Yeah, he was looking so, funny story me. behind that, I actually. You mean, it's not, not really actually a freaking mystery them a furry and stuff like that. It's actually pretty common. Like, you'll I'll see right people, back. like, have these weird, like, accounts and stuff like that, and then they'll have their After Dark accounts where it's like, oh, hey, dude, here's me in a diaper. Oh, here's my dick. That's like, oh, what, what the, the hell? Fuck? Yeah, Carlos yeah. Danger. That's common. 
So yeah. finding that stuff, wouldn't that be stalking if you put in the effort to find pictures of someone in a diaper with their dick out? Yo, no, because they link it directly to their normal account. It's just like, oh, dude, here, here's my After Dark account if you want to see me nude. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, Hell no. It just, you guys should uh, look I at I put it. my nude on Twitter once. Oh, I dude, I remember that. I fucking remember that shit. It's in the blockchain now. You're screwed. I'm gonna live on forever. Everybody else, your dick. We might cut out. That was too funny. Yeah, that. But see, that shit happens though, right? So that that kind of goes back to the whole hard thing, which is your opsec is only as good as it currently is. It, you have to plan on it failing, right? Um, or like, I don't know, okay. you just don't associate specific activity with a, with an identity, and you're good. And dispose of all the assets, you'll be fine. But as long as you're not comfortable with it, right? And and that that brings it to the actual danger that opsec failures present to you. If you're fucking embarrassed about the fact that you go to Mister S in downtown San Francisco. And buy uh, leather whips and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, then you don't want to put it. <laughs> yeah, but then you don't want to put it out there, right? But if you're not embarrassed about it, it ain't yeah. a weapon against you. And that's that's kind of the the one thing I put out there for people that might be a little reserved in. But in there's their- a difference between like a taboo subject like your fetish and then criminal behavior. Yeah. Well- exactly. Yeah, like Black Mirror only has uh as much weight over you like over you as you let it to have. So like if you're afraid of something, like for example, my girlfriend thinks that I pushed her out of my my ex girlfriend thinks that me pushing her out of my way to leave the room thinks that meant I put my hands on her. So she tried to hold that over me for months saying, Oh, I'll expose you and I was like, Tell people what happened. See whose side they'll get on. Like <laughs> seriously, bitch, get the fuck out of the doorway. I don't know. I know some really dumb people who actually believe that they're actually really great and hardcore. It's like, oh, dude, they'll never find me out. It's like, dude, you post photos of your job site and like three pages later, you're like nude. So what the fuck? Yeah. I yeah. think as well that like if you if you are like so the criminal behavior and the ups and the personal behavior um, differences in upsec. I think though if your personal behaviors are revealed and then you don't compartmentalize correctly. And that that is then used to profile your criminal persona. I mean, that's a straight up like. So, is putting it out there yeah. that you're into like stuff paranoid, or is that you know? No, you're to- It's absolutely used against you. It, I can tell you from personal fucking. Yes. It is used against you, in in interrogation situations and in situations where you're your suspected of stuff like it there is no fucking line for investigators they don't have a line they just don't but further to your point like does that negatively impact you only if you let it right at the so from my experience at the time it it impacted me um but overcoming it was one of the most freeing things in the fucking world and uh it, it's it's this thing that you you really aren't you're not encouraged to get over these kind of things unless you're really pressed to and i think that was uh that was a blessing in disguise i guess you could call it a blessing 
but um yeah the if you're if you're fearful of the general public knowing something or your friends knowing something because it's embarrassing and somebody finds out that's that's trying to investigate you or, or leverage you you will be leveraged by it you just will so fucking put it out there and don't give a fuck that's what's up yeah so it's only a legitimate threat if you if you legitimize it yeah information i think the lesson that you should take away from this is that you should just post your news on twitter what um so yeah with with all this so too now speaking of, of zuckerberg and and others so you know people have been downloading their facebook data and other social media data and trying to rein in a lot of their public information but what happens we were talking about this a bit earlier before we went live what happens with all of the information that is now stored about us in other places that we don't directly control even if it's something that like say equifax where we didn't even consent to having that information collected about us um in terms of operational security how do you sort of address the inevitability that some of your data is going to be outside of your control regardless of you know whether or not you care about it or you chose to protect it how do you address those types of things well you what's can only address it through legislation center? right that's the only thing you can do what's the what's the name of the data center out in the middle of the utah desert what operation trailblazer or whatever oh, or what's... Before, did you know that one <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about it. Are you talking about that NSA database that they build out there, that huge ass one? I believe. How do you yeah, know? Those, isn't, that it was isn't it nice and pretty? So there was, there was two. There was two um, projects. One of them was Thin Thread, and one of them was Trailblazer, I believe. And uh, Thomas Drake, the whistleblower, went off because he one of them that he liked didn't get picked. I don't know. I didn't really agree with him either. I thought both were equally as evil, but. All of the metadata, all the data that was like the NSA was sniffing was just being like pumped into like this Utah data center. And I mean, even with legislation, do you still have control over that? Like, are you just going to like hit up the FBI and be like, yo, delete my metadata? Delete that. No, well, you don't do it personally. Um, and the question was like, what, what steps can you take? I mean, as an individual, there's nothing you can do about it, seriously. Um, but as a collective, I mean, you can pass legislation to, to sort of regulate and prevent that from happening. And I think that's my only answer. If you guys have any other input, I'd love to hear okay. it. Well, no. a lot of, as a collective, that's the only way. A lot of that legislation that's brought in to legitimize actions that, you know, is done, it's like slid in on the back of something else that would have an easy approval. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to get it reversed after it's done. The Cloud Act literally just did that. It was piggyback right. fucking bullshit. And mm -hmm. now we're subject to potential really fucked up stuff that that circumvents our fourth amendment like there's there's uh, the only thing we have is strength in numbers and unifying um and so just just being a member of a collective that has this moral fiber is uh that's enough right like that that can change shit it really can so i mean you were saying uh... No, I lost my point. Dan, you said something earlier that came back to this. I said BDSM's awesome. It might have been that. Yeah, that sounds BDSM familiar. is fucking awesome. How dare you say otherwise? <laughs> there we go. We are all in agreement. Now, I mean, 
the things have never in my the time I've been alive, spying and an intelligence community has never gone backwards. They have Whoa. never once pulled back and reined them in. It just doesn't fucking happen. Oh, so, right. So I remember what I was going to say is that you said earlier that you grew up in a household where you were taught not to trust the government. So right. strength in numbers and, and legislation, like, do you think that even if, even with the reversals that you can still trust that that will be enforced? Or do you still think that your data, once you post, like once you post a nude, it's out there forever? Well, I, I don't know how we're doing on time if we can go over time, but I, I'll yeah, bring yeah, some. Good. We, uh, we have a thing here where there there is a certain amount of oversight in the NSA and CIA. Whether or not it's to the right people, that's up for debate, right? But the things that we don't have a lot of insight into are what private companies are doing. Example, Facebook, any of these ad intelligence agencies. Cambridge Analytica from last week. Exactly. We don't have insight into corporations. and And that's truly the the core of of where intelligence lies and uh nobody's thinking about it everybody's just focused on oh what's the nsa doing today uh, nsa has oversight uh facebook does fucking not clearly they do not they have demonstrated they do not have the proper oversight and uh that that kind of brings it into a different tangent that i'm curious what you guys think of I saw a tweet recently from a guy who downloaded, he seemed to be like a not security person, downloaded his Facebook data. And inside he found his uh, metadata about his calls and SMS on, from an Android device that had nothing, that were not through Facebook at all. So he didn't use Facebook Messenger for SMS and he didn't use... Well, that's use, because like, people Facebook. don't read the fucking permissions they agree to. That, that's just people's fault for being fucking stupid. Those were rough. Phones given by the company, like the Obama phones, for example, things like that, all kinds of different Androids, those are preset with like applications that are on them. So then they just use them because they're pre-installed. They didn't necessarily even agree to those things. And that was what the 4.0 and less of an Android. I'd never and heard this, that. Uh, pretty much counter argument with Link said pretty much they chose to do that. On the other side, people who are communicating with them may ha not have and that information is still going through. Yeah, yeah I think when you install the shadow profile, you, massive. When you install like uh, Android, like if you compile Android from source and you install it, like it doesn't have the Google tools on there, and like the the Google apps, um, uh, you, you have to install it from an APK, but including the Play Store, which is interesting because when you buy a phone from a store, it comes with all of that stuff, you know. So you didn't actually agree. Did you agree when you purchased the product, like? Did that happen? Did your people know? I posted a bunch of this stuff last year because it happened in beginning, in 2016, beginning of 2017. I posted all this same stuff that that dude posted here just last week. The scraping of the right? Or the, uh, the, the cell phone calls and SMS? SMS, MMS. Wait, where could you download your Facebook shit? No, Do you it guys was... remember Caller IQ? Yeah, that's that AT&T shit. Right. Yeah, dude. I mean, in in did it get ended? I'm pretty sure it probably hasn't. It's probably just yeah. being done in more uh, fucking uh, sneaky way. I think this is information that they're giving us. Why is it that they're giving that information 
to us. Like you go and download this information from Facebook. That's just what they're showing us. There's a lot that they're not showing Absolutely. us. And, and they and they have been proven to not be showing us everything. Raise because your hand if you have a Facebook account. Everybody does. It doesn't matter. If you don't. Don't. Even if you don't, you do. You don't realize it. Hey, yeah. Link, yeah. shadow cats. Links, you yeah, gotta go to the facebook.com forward slash settings, and then at the very bottom it says download your data. If you have an account and signed up, and then yeah. agree to... Uh, yeah, but even if you don't have a Facebook account and your friends do, and they're posting pictures of you on there and all that kind of shit, I mean, you're fucked already. Oh, right? I hate that. Yep. Yeah, the the pictures and the um the phone book contacts. That's yep. how they're they're and it's it's Facebook and and I'll put it out there. LinkedIn's doing it too. LinkedIn is. I make them delete my shit. Fuck that, my friends. Oh, what I don't like about LinkedIn is it'll tell the person that you visited their profile like apparently one time i was going through a whole bunch of linkedin shit and then randomly one day and then irc (laughs) someone like hey why did you look at my linkedin profile and i was like what the fuck are you talking about and i guess apparently going through this linkedin shit i stumbled across some random irc dude's like real life linkedin profile and he was like freaked out because i guess it tells that i looked at it is your yeah, so, Nux though? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my LinkedIn's under Nux because I was oh, I not, because oh, in order to view in order to view LinkedIn stuff, you have to have an account. So I just made an account on Nux so I could view the shit. Right. So well, if you actually go into your profile settings, there's uh in LinkedIn you disable viewing uh, the, of your name being displayed. You can be viewed as anonymous um, when people. Uh, like see that someone has viewed their profile. However, the the drawback of this is you can't see who's viewed your profile. However, yeah, if you just open two tabs, Twitter's... yeah, you well, just open two tabs, you disable it, you refresh, it'll show you who you've like who's looked at your profile. Then you re-enable it and then refresh again, and it won't hacks. Right on. Well, <laughs> if zero day. For it, by the way, if you pay uh, for LinkedIn, then you get to spy on people anonymously. So it it comes at a cost, but you get to you get to pay to spy. Oh, the so, LinkedIn Premium. Yup, it lets I you set a free trial. Yeah, Yo, anybody got a free LinkedIn Premium account? Well, let's fucking. <laughs> I think you can go on LinkedIn.apk. Uh, just Google that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm wait, just gonna post a quick picture. I'm gonna post a quick picture into the locked. Um, text chat if it could not be shared on stream but just for you guys to reference in which uh which one yeah which chat so if you have a look at that picture you'll see that there's two people there that are wearing masks that it's clearly giving tag suggestions and this is a this is quite old this is like um uh when was this posted whoa that's really scary <laughs> that's cool Wait, was it accurate though? Was it? It was. Yes, actually... yes. That's oh. a oh, that's all 100% accurate. And I posted that to Imager, like privately. Uh, I can't see the date. So what are they well, doing to pinpoint that it's ad- actually Adam, and since he's got a mask on? My question I think is: it's... Is that the first or second photo of him with that mask I'm on? I'm guessing it's the hat. It's oh, the it's... first. That's the first of both of them wearing that mask. And I think it's because those two people are often tagged together and they're tagged at, you'll notice that the geolocation was on. Yeah. And so oh, I yeah. think a combination of these things, it's gone, is it 
it's most likely this person. Maybe uh, the glasses as well. The uh, IP address too. They do IP address correlation 100%. Like they'll they'll use your cable modem house to uh, just associate the ads. Like if if they feel like you're getting ready to get married, they'll show both people in the household uh, marriage shit for sure. Um, yeah, no, this gets real crazy real fast, but we are at 11 o'clock now, and so we were trying to do this for two hours, so we can talk about this, or we can start discussing other stuff as well, or projects, or anything else anybody wants to bring up before 1130. I was trying to find, because I read this article that this, this guy started, he noticed, um, similarities within these bots on Twitter and he mapped out like this entire thing where like these groups of bots were networked into one center control then that one center control was networked into another group of bots that instant or that eventually it all led back to like one single account control but I cannot fucking find that part like of the life of me yeah it was like a network of fucking Twitter bots but like they were actually capable of doing shit, and it was like right under Twitter's nose, and I cannot find that fucking link for the life of me. You know, just while you're looking for it, the, Twitter doesn't give a shit because that pumps their numbers up. I mean, it, it's it it would be like Spotify going, eh, yeah, there is a lot of people stealing our shit, but we get to say that we have two million extra subscribers. We're not even going to acknowledge this. Twitter yeah. does the same fucking thing for sure with the bots. I mean, I that, feel like. A lot of like Crunchyroll definitely knows that horrible subs rips from them. Like there, there's literally posts on their forums, posts on their Reddit. Like they've Crunchyroll's even interacted with the horrible subs like uh, Twitter account, and they definitely know, but they really don't give a shit because eventually they'll they won't do something. Like they won't rip something, so people will be like, well, I guess I'll just pay for Crunchyroll for whatever time, and it's either revenue for them user base it's numbers and it doesn't really matter piracy uh increases sales numbers it's a proven fact yeah there's somebody in the that's talking about how linkedin will show you uh the geographic location of the people that looked at your account and uh that's pretty interesting LinkedIn's doing a lot of stuff that, that Facebook's doing. They're just getting away with it way easier because people people don't feel like their privacy is terribly invaded when they're just uh, doing job stuff, I guess. Right. I'm assuming. It's associated with work. You just kind of feel like you've given away your privacy already. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I actually, uh, so like when a while ago on LinkedIn, I wrote like a one-liner in uh, the Chrome console to do like uh, it checked the background color or something of the endorsed button and then it just endorsed everyone for everything every like 250 milliseconds or something like I left it running for a while and it um it just kept clicking it and for every time it clicked it actually sent an email notification to the person and um, I just got all these people who like unlinked in me it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the dumps for LinkedIn, I mean, how many times have have uh, database dumps been made available for LinkedIn now? Like multiple, easily? I want to say three. I think there's three distinct uh, breaches. Even yeah. DNR, people use a LinkedIn now. 
apparently. This all what the Yan, Chick Yan, she showed something about revealing people's IP as long as they're logged in. Yeah, Is that you... the girl that does Brave Browser? Uh, yeah, let's, let's oh no, I'll post a link for it. Yeah, boys. Uh, so, uh, Crypt on Twitter, yeah. yeah. You're talking about Bcrypt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. That w- yeah. that was uh the corporate features of these products that are also used for small groups. So um, you would expect IP logging, chat logging, all this stuff for uh, corporate accounts. So they roll that out to everybody. Uh, side effect is you know, small groups that kind of expect privacy um, have that information being flowed up to the administrators. So uh, you can see uh, all of the IP information on somebody who just has this uh, Slack account, the Slack team logged in as one of their sessions in the client. How do we all feel oh, about wow. that it, what you're saying being being monetized and sold to places like Cambridge Analytica? Uh, what do we feel the the over under is on fucking LinkedIn doing the same thing? Shit. Oh yeah, they're doing it. <laughs> Uh, if you take a look at the crypto markets today, basic attention token is doing fantastically well while everyone else is doing shit. And uh, the the idea that behind Brave Browser and, and the fat token being that uh, that all of our clicks and all of our eyeballs and all of our interactions online can be directly monetized and, uh, and every mass movement you make on the internet makes you a micro percent payment of value. Um, the guy that invented JavaScript and Yan, these other people, lots of major people are behind this project. And it's kind of spooky, but at the same time, it's kind of taking the, the power away from like the AdSense, uh, Cambridge Analytica, all that sort of stuff, and making it more um, opt-in, I want to say. Uh, I don't think it is opt-in, but, uh, but incentivizing uh, your, your attention, incentivizing every single action you take online or, or in an application. Uh, hey, bro, some of us want to play Angry Birds. So what about, um, on that topic then, what about with uh, CoinHive's, um, quote, capture, which is not really a capture because bots can do it. It's just a, like, it, it mines, like, like, one block of, I don't know, whatever. And um, that's, like, your proof of work, like, you're gating. So there's no ads because they've just had you mine something. And then that's, <laughs> like, I mean... Future. Admit that's that, that Krebs did a good article. Are you going to make me admit it? That the Krebs article, did a good article. Yeah, the article Krebs did recently on CoinHive, I think, was pretty enlightening. And I mean, I, I think a lot of us probably knew that that shit was happening, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did we, it. Yeah, yeah, we did. And uh, and I think we made 80 cents. I'm pretty sure. So rolling Fucking rolling in it. Yeah, buddy. That server's paid for. <laughs> I mean, so he he did an article on CoinLive and ex, quote exposed what we all knew. But if, if an account gets reported for malicious activity, they close that account off and then they keep, keep the money. Yeah. yeah, which is a pretty Hell, sweet. Yeah. It's pretty smart, I gotta admit. I mean, I remember back when, uh, like, early 2000s, Google AdWords, um, and we used to just click them ourselves. We used to find the expensive ones and, and like, spam them on IRC and stuff. And um, Google ended up, at one point, just killing our account and keeping, like, 200 bucks or something, you know? So. Yep. They, uh, 
they I believe did the same thing to me. Kill the account. Yeah, they they didn't seem to believe that my my little infosec blog had anything to do with melastemioma or whatever at asbestos cancer is, and they they disabled my AdSense account too. I I, I was using proxies and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, how long did it work for though? Like they they let you think that it was working for a certain amount of time. They had to, right? A couple of days, maybe. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. Yeah, I went pretty hard. And yeah, once I once I got up to like 30, 40 clicks that were paying $20 a click or whatever for like uh, DUI lawyers in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got I got my account nicked after that. Yeah. Is this um finished being live yet? No, we are still live until 11.30. Okay. Wait to admit the crimes. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about it. Yeah, because the Discord is like totally safe afterwards, for sure. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. here's a, here's another thing. Then, if we're we're talking about upsec paranoia security, we've touched on it before. We're using Discord as our method of voice for talking. Yeah, right. About I know, right. Well, the thing is, like, if you're here anyway, it's there's a reasonable level of trust. I mean, if you're gonna come to a public forum like this and you know discuss shit and get recorded and broadcast it, right? Wait, Says the guy with the. <laughs> voice well here's the deal like you can still insert like so many layers or degrees of, of different assets in order to make it a little bit more fun and challenging i mean there's nothing wrong with that uh, i found that link that i was looking for i'm posting it in um voiceless voice yeah we do need to get a twitter account for the uh but like there are people on this that know my yeah. real name and what i sound like and stuff you know I'm just having fun. Is your we can do that InfoSec podcast with the chipmunk guy. How's <laughs> <laughs> <Love> that guy? <laughs> that can be like a thing. We can put it in the slogan or something. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I love blaming things on OpSec too. Does anybody, does anybody else do that? Yo, can we talk about how Facebook literally just is great right now, and all the numbers that my ex made me delete off my phone I now have again, because shout out to Facebook. Damn. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, ha I have an example of somebody who is actually, like, in a case, this is like a full extreme case of paranoia. And young but, ET, um, are you like a professional snitch or something? Like, is that your day job? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, no. So, okay, so the story behind this email is I worked at Anonymous Telco, and this came into support. Um, it's just a random person and it's it's pretty old but i'll link it so you guys can have a quick look a quick squeeze where are you linking it up uh Who? i'll put in podcast topics so if this is not paranoid like it's to the extreme i'm not really quite sure what is so this person's account was locked because they didn't pay their bill well then that right there should fucking tell them that right there should fucking tell them that they're not under investigation because that's no. the first thing that they do is tell at the, <laughs> at the behest of the Jews. I love that line. <laughs> fucking hilarious, dude. Is this? In, uh, uh, if, if somebody topic. would like to read it out, just because I'm bad at reading things out, but if someone would like to read it out, no, 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 no. I want to read it. Hell yeah. All right. I'll read that shit. I got it. Do it, do it. Ready? Okay. Wait. Who's reading oh, Wait. Links. Oh. Let links do it.
Let me oh, do it. Ha, get fucked. Nerd. I called it first. Alright. I write regarding to your ongoing outrageous and unlawful violation of my rights at law in arbitrarily blocking my email account redacted, which you have done at the behest of the Jews, with whom you are therefore judged to be collaborating. Why is that underscored? Uh, underlined. To unlawfully and dangerously suppress information dissemination in Australia. Not you are not a regulatory authority, and your actions in this regard are therefore both illegal and outrageous. The Jews have Australia under siege, and it is for this reason that they are seeking to obstruct the exchange of any idea which might expose their banking fraud usury. And more to the point, slavery, racket, and a racket being run by the Jew cult out of their illegal Federal Reserve fraud bank in, I don't know how to say that place, by which name or any variant, therefore, of course, therefore, of, I mean, of course, America, as invested by the filthy plague of Jews, and the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve I might point out that there is neither federal nor that I might point out is neither federal nor does it store any reserve. Its name is no less a fraud than its fraud operation itself is. This feels like karaoke. Holy shit! When did we send? I'm not. I'm not done. Yeah, I, I bet, there's. I bet there's like. I've had enough. Bitcoin. I'm so I glad that Links read that because you came off like the biggest dick just now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who me? Yeah, dude. I mean, I know you were just re like, Jesus. Like, it was just, oh, man, I'm glad you I, 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 I captured, uh, keep going? All right, hold on. The <laughs> Jews, how do I say that city, by the way? Aramoka? The, the Jews in Aramoka have ratcheted part, up horrendously. I, I think he's America. Oh, America, okay. Have ratcheted up horrendously. The usury outtake from our children by perpetuating their bank fraud, which is fraud, be which fraud is being facilitated in Australia by the bankers' payroll Jews, who have hijacked <laughs> the state here by media and related electoral fraud. Jesus you, Christ, this guy really loves the word fraud. Are you? Uh, I gotta, I gotta interject. So is he here. serious is or is he perfect... trolling? Or what is? What's the context of this? This is a perfect example of what happens when you're you're. Drug abuse, paranoid? paranoia, and ego come together, oh. and you start to blame everything on some nefarious. So, dude, you know who's cooler? You know who writes cooler shit than him? Terry uh, Davis. There's levels right, exactly. of this, by the way. So this guy has entered the anti-Semitism phase of his uh, insane endeavors, but before this is usually when they delve deep into the uh, reptilian front, where they're talking about yeah. how. Like the reptilian overlords are actually, and then they talk about Anunnaki, and then there's like the whole yep. zeitgeist conspiracies. I had a friend who went through all of this. Uh, Wait, what? He, First, they yeah, yeah. Went... He, no, no, he, 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 like he went through these steps of like insanity, and now he's kind of back to normal because he didn't run off to go live in a commune in South America, but what's he, what's up? What snapped him out of it, though? I I think his parents literally just being like, you're fucking insane, you need to get help kind of deal. Uh, but he, 
he went through like there was one point where on Facebook all it was it was like the fucking Jews are taking over blah 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 did you know that this Jews that I'm like holy shit uh he also uh at one point it was like the Anunnaki are, have come to take us away all that shit he then got it really into being super healthy uh which is really weird he was like I'm only going to drink water for 3 months and not eat Water doesn't yeah. sound healthy. I, but, apparently, um, so, it, you know. I, I mean, I'm just like to point out, like the the that email, the context of it was just a customer who didn't pay their bill. I didn't even get to the part of this email where they're talking about the satanic cult. All right, let's get to the <laughs> satanic cult first. <laughs> So to skip, blah, 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 Jews, fraud, okay. Yo, the young Australians aged between 25 and 35 are now paying $20 billion per annum in usury to Jews in Aramico. The re- record highs. That is why, despite record highs in world commodity prices and moreover the prices of the commodities we lead the world in export of, which I have no idea what the hell Australia even exports, like Australia yeah, stuff. Apparently, anti-Semitism is. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're right. Actually, yellow cake is Practically, this none of this wealth has reached our children. The Jew cult, and especially those members of this satanic cult who reside in America, have made off. Which, by the way, the spelling of that changed. Now, it's spelled completely different than how it was before. Have made off with practically the lot through fraud. Fraud, everybody. They have raped and pillaged Australia. Australian children are now paying these Jews in air that's spelled differently again. The highest per capita liberty forfeit of any slaves world now now all of Australia is slaves by the way. Alright, I can't I can't go on, dude. <laughs> we keep saying the same like three things over and over again, but like trying to put a different spin on them, but he's like, the sky is blue. The sky is cerulean. The sky is seafoam green. So this this email went for another few pages, by the way. I only screenshotted the first page. Holy fucking! So if you want to know what Minecraft reads like, it's like this. No, it does not read like that. We can plug the. Hey, read the Cyberpunk manifesto. How how would I know the topics? I'm just eating shit. Actually, I read it before. I have a copy. So I we can put this up on the Twitter because it just got created during the middle of the show. We are so, here. At hardchats underscore. And uh, this this email of of a regular Australian will be up there. <clears throat> Your average Australian, apparently. I think. Yep, right? standard Australian. Yeah. Can we yeah, average? Out? Yeah, you can do whatever. All right. Hell yeah. So this is what happens when you go full weave, when you take too many stimulants, too many psychedelics, and your ego can't handle the fact that you're responsible for anything that's ever happened in your life, and you have to find an enemy to focus everything upon. And this comes back to uh, our topic of OPSEC and paranoia. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just paranoia, like schizos, like that kind. Well, and I, I think undeniably... I think- it's right. people who are easily influenced by well, in my in my friend's case, it was people who are easily influenced by things, uh, get influenced by the wrong people and fall down a rabbit hole that is very hard to climb out of. Basically, they're naive. They're naive. 
Yeah. He uh he's the kind of person when I was in college, he was in one of my college classes. And at that point I had thought that he had done like way too many drugs, so I would say I would sit in class and I would fuck with him because it was number one, it was fucking hilarious. So we'd be sitting in class and I'd just turn and I'd be like, Dave, they know. They're watching. And then I would just I would just turn back to my screen and just keep typing. And he would talk to me, but I would just pretend I didn't hear him. And it would just I would just turn it. It would be funny to watch him like kind of freak out. I'm a terrible person, by the way. Yeah, I was just gonna say you're coming across as a terrible person, but I'm I'm gonna gonna lighten the blow a little bit and say it, there's there's probably been a time in our lives, all of us, that we've fucked with somebody that we know is fuck withable. Um, and yeah, in the moment. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Same yep. here. In 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 hindsight, it's you you kind of cringe at that stuff, but it's totally. It's kind of in human nature to do that. Um, but that, I think, is a clear-cut example of somebody being way paranoid instead of just conscious of their privacy or conscious of OPSEC. Very true. It can thinking... be a creative force. Like, if you think back to, to what Dragos went through with his bad BIOS phase, uh he, he had a, a fair bit of knowledge on some esoteric subjects like air gap jumping, malware, and nation-state-sponsored techniques. Uh, and, but he brought all of these ideas in his head back to these things are possible, therefore they must be happening to me. Um, and that's kind of the, the jump from, from knowledge and awareness to fantasy world. Uh, I don't know in that case whether whether drugs or, or schizophrenia or anything was involved, but we do see it happen quite a lot uh, when people just tip over the edge a little bit and um, the victim complex comes out and they start looking for confirmation bias comes out. They assume they're already owned by the most advanced adversary in the world and therefore they can start picking evidence out of anywhere that, that lines up with their preconceived notion. That is true. So before we close this, though, can can everybody just kind of like, if you have any OPSEC advice, like, can you just tell us what it is? Tell anybody who's listening. Jen, everything I should be a burnout all the time. Is right now. Oh, let's go from top to bottom. Decoder, go. Yeah, decoder, go. Covert, not paranoia. That's all I gotta say. OPSEC advice. You guys ready? Check it out. That's it. No. Mine is just, you know, spin up spin up new fresh assets, do your dirt, and then throw them away when you're finished. Yeah, I agree with Jen. Everything should be disposable. If you don't have the skills to just quickly run up a new shell, run up a new VPS instance, run up a new sim, run up a new anything, and then dispose it. Run up a new identity entirely and dispose of it when you're finished. Um, that's the way to be. Be a moving target. Thanks, Faith. <laughs> well, Always, always change where you are. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, change where you are where? Everywhere or geographically? Oh, damn, he's good. He's not even answering this. Nice. Yeah, he's practicing my local OPSEC right now. <laughs> always nice. use a fake accent and a voice changer. <laughs> RDP. Faith, not Australian. Faith is actually British. Be a separate Are person. You, you got to kill yourself before you become popular. 
my mine is just uh delegate within your your confined group because you delegate that's like risk no what i'm but what i'm saying is like to an extent having opsec is having opsec for if you're doing things with a group of people uh always not try not to be the one doing the most illegal thing that's fair crazy juga i'd say don't do it for anything that's not gonna have like some insane payoff it's really dumb like i mean if you're going to these levels of opsec you're obviously you know you're doing some grand scheme shit but make sure that the payout is outrageous because yeah otherwise it's just dumb <laughs> you know Green. more to you went right yeah, but I'll say it again. If you're going to have a unified personality on the internet with like a Twitter name that matches an email address that matches a GitHub that matches everything, like you got to, you got to kill, you got to kill your self before you create a unified personality like that. And, and we're only talking about personas here. Um, yeah, don't right, actually right. die. Yeah. Your, ego. your ego. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out if you're actually. Yeah. You know the drill. Please um, do. There's a logic song. I'm. I'm just gonna say it based on the the premise that your opsec will eventually fail at some point. Get a lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Lawyer up. Lawyer the fuck up. Yeah. Get a good one too. Is that the worst yeah. than having a shitty ass lawyer? Yeah, your crime should be able to pay for a lawyer or you're not doing it right. Yep. Hell yeah. Fox, what's up, yo? Oh, what's up? Okay, yeah, basically like what everybody's been saying um, are to quote um, that dual core song of the ten, the redo of the Ten Crack Commandments, uh, keep identities and profiles completely separated. That's it. Oh, hey. Um, Zora1, unless you're going to say something. Um, All right. Uh, uh, I just made a person. I guess just don't talk. Like, try, try to resist the urge to brag and talk. Yeah, that too. Also, answer your phone. I'll say, bro. I would say my um, big one is basically what we were saying before, actually. Um, not Dan, you said it earlier, too. Basically, um, I mean, you got to think about the internet as if you're in a big city. I used to teach people about this sort of thing, and I'd say, don't share anything online that you wouldn't also mind saying in a public place. Like, imagine yourself in the middle of your downtown, in your city, wherever you live. Would you just start loudly talking about certain things? You got to, I guess, sort of realize that when you do put stuff out there, it's like you're taking out a billboard. And it, it might take a while for some people to find that billboard, but it is there for somebody to notice eventually if and when anything gets used against you. But one of the biggest things, I guess, is advice as practical advice. This is one of my favorite things, which I, I've it's been very useful, is buy yourself a cheap domain if you can. And like you can use like one in one or GoDaddy or anyone that has any email stuff and just set up aliases and forward everything that you can because then you can just shut off stuff and there's no more harm, or I mean, there's no more fuss afterwards if you can just shut off things. Like I've 
done that a lot with jobs, um, job hunting, and with signing up for stuff. It's really easy to just set up your own you emails do, that you control. And also, you can, do that you can use Google Voice. Google, by the way. Yeah, it's well, really smart. Google too. But Google like, Voice also. What I say is if you get a domain through Google, they offer free like Gmails for your... Right, to harvest. Um, no, I, I'm going to put it out there. N-G-A-L... N-G... How do you, how do you spell it? Somebody help me out here. NG, the Pirate Bay guys with the domains. Buy domain for Bitcoin with an email address. That's literally all you need. You don't have to give any personal information. You can buy it with Tor. It's Ninjala.la or some shit like that. You, you'll find it eventually if you Google it. But you can alias yourself in, in many ways, though, with um, email, with using um, VOIP text apps, although those are a whole different subject that we should get into at some point. Um, but Google Voice, too. If you ever don't want to give out your number, just forward Google Voice. If you have a Gmail account, you get it for free. Forward it to your main number so that you can have a buffer so people can't actually contact you. And if shit really hits the fan, you can shut certain things off. Hell yeah. I'd also say, like, uh, keep a healthy level of paranoia. Don't go into the paranoid void, but do, don't don't be arrogant and have that that healthy level. Um, and again, that Ten Hat Commandments. If you haven't heard that song by Jewel Core, go listen to it. Three of them are "Shut the fuck up." Yes, I like that. Shut the fuck up, get a lawyer. Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. That should be our sign-off. Everybody should say that at the end in unison. Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. Should make that well, a t-shirt, man. On that note, does anybody else have any parting words to say before we sign off? Before before we Shut the do fuck up, get a lawyer. Shut the before fuck up and get a lawyer. Before we do our party Shut things, uh, you just linked the website. Dude, Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. I already have one. Yeah, but you're not shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, MG just linked that website that Dan was talking about. And it's njal.la. Word. Thank you, dude. Yo. We'll post it on Twitter. Alright, I got it. I'm going to post this in the uh, Twitch chat, too. So, yeah, we got that. Alright, so thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with some more... Stuff like this, I guess. And we'll come up with a new topic. We'll post it out. Make sure you guys follow Hard Chats on Twitter. Hard Chats with an underscore. And we will be here live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's at 6.30 Pacific um, uh, next Tuesday. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Hey, Shut, the hey, Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. Shut the fuck up. Dude, we should end. We should end with the fucking film that uh, pig guy song, STFU. With DDoS King <laughs> and fucking get load all on our case. Just kidding. Are we clear? I put a link for the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Switch over. See you guys. Bye.